0: Uh, you might have to dig around and find one that's going to work for you. But part of me is looking forward to, the, to teaching this, uh, this catechism and the new uh, new way of teaching. But I'm kind of, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of in my way. So it's going to take a little bit of learning from each of us. But as soon as we got everybody here everybody have one of these uh, one of these books now you need two more there you go thank you Dave did you get one okay Josh you gonna be around for the lessons through the year or does somebody have to hunt you down and drag you in <laughs> all right so you, All right. Well, we'll get going here. Um, again, it's new day, new lesson, new year, and uh, hope that all things all things go well. But I want to go ahead and open us in prayer. As Heavenly Father, we give thanks, God, for this g- gorgeous day out there. Um, we thank you for those that are here. We thank you that we have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that can be molded for you, God. We ask your blessing upon the teachings. Um, as all of us start a new uh but all of these Sunday school lessons start something new. God, we lift it up, we ask that you help ignite a fire in each of us, Lord, and show us uh, get us back to basics and show us uh how we need to live and what we need to do to grow throughout this year in Jesus name amen okay so getting into this you know we can uh we can ask the question that's what I started to get into I was about to jump the gun but you know what's a catechism um you know Catechism kind of have a tendency to think of it as a word that's associated more with the Catholic Church, or you hear in that vein. But what it is, it's you know, simply put, it's a it's a collection of Bible doctrines. They're put together in what we could call a give and take, question and answer uh, type of format. But it's this it's a f- way of learning that goes way back into ancient history. Um, you know, the Jews used it. Um, all different types of religions use something of the, of the same, like. But uh, it goes it goes way back, and during the Reformation, it was widely and effectively used um, to teach biblical doctrines to both children and adults, and it was, you know, it was a t- period where there was those reformers were in a big fight to uh um, against the doctrinal ignorance and uh biblical illiteracy that was prevalent at that time so uh, that's what the catechism is and the effect of it is to be able to teach you know th- but this t- style of biblical teaching has been highly influential and effective throughout church history and it's the thing that's it's a type of thing that's used around the world today because we have places out there where um, people, there might only be one Bible in a 50-square-mile area, you know, and so people learn from what they have, and it's a give-and-take, uh, the catechism-type uh, teaching that helps people to learn and understand the word of God in their common languages and even in their common cultures. God uses this type of learning to help us to grow and to strengthen his church and us as individuals all around the world. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, one of the things that's key to the catechism um, is memorization. And it's, a, it's an essential element of being a, able to learn in this way. Um, you know, and a key to memorization is repetition key to memorization is repetition 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 uh, so if some of us aren't used to it it can be maybe seem like kind of a weird way to learn but we learn that all the time anyway and just as an example what is uh, think of a jingle a product jingle that comes to mind right now anything somebody give me one product j- how about Maybe somebody can finish it. Two all-beef patties? Lettuce cheese? Yeah, see? That There you go. Well, what about that stupid song that gets stuck in your head from time to time? Where do we learn these things from? You know, it's repetition. We hear them over and over again. Sometimes we find ourselves singing them over and over again. And when you realize you've been doing it for the last eight hours, you kind of say, What? <laughs> you know but at least you know th- you know the song but in that you know in that light with the repetition of uh... these things our twenty twenty four sunday school teaching is about learning and relearning for most of us here that have been saved for a while uh, or may have been saved for a while it could be a form of relearning you know we've been saved for so long we we know way too much but we don't realize that we've forgotten the actual intent of some of the stuff that we think we know and so this is getting us an opportunity to relearn and get back to the get back to the foundational teachings of the bible and we're going to we're dealing with that is in the in the form of a catechism now like i said it may be take a little time to get used to doing this um It's not something that I'm used to. It's not something that you're probably used to either. But I do want you know, we all need to kind of be involved in it on a daily basis. When, you know, I'm asking you, follow me, uh, read the question with me, read the answer with me. We'll do the memory verses and things like that. So um, it'll be a big help uh, to me also in, in doing that. But we've got, you know, even though it might be slow on the uptake, we've got a whole year to learn how to get this done right. You know, just about the time we're done with it is when we'll have it down. But it is biblical. You know, it's a biblical way of doing things. And it can be fun. You know, gives us something we can, because if you can play with it a little bit, it makes it easier. It sticks better sometimes. Um, and learning the word of god shouldn't necessarily be harsh you know or boring um i don't know i find exciting stuff in the bible all the time when i'm reading through it you know and some of the stories and things but um when it comes down to the teaching the how are we supposed to live how are we supposed to live with others how are we supposed to live with god how are we supposed to walk you know th- those are some of the foundational truths that we're that we're diving into but as we learn these doctrines and we apply these doctrines that we get a chance to see, see ourselves grow in God and see what God does for us and can do through us in this. So we're going to get into the question uh, just kind of by way of introduction. Um, it's kind of geared towards children, but I'm going to use it here too. So what stories... Do these do the following sentences refer to? And I'm going to need answers back to some of this. So, number one, the prince's only hope was to find the owner of the glass slipper. Which story was that from? Cinderella. Yeah. Oh, I hear there. <laughs> the children's only hope was Aslan. Chronicles of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia yep. So what do you think that phrase, "their only hope," means? What does it mean? You know, Okay, um, th- their only hope that they had to rely on somebody else or something else outside of themselves to be able to get something done. Each character's in a situation that they needed to get some help to escape from and we find ourselves sometimes in situations where we need help to escape from right um but these uh, these characters they had hope and we need to know that more often than not hope requires us to be trusting or to trust in someone or something that's not of ourselves it's not us So think about it and give me some feedback here. What kind of things might we hope in or hope for? What kind of thing? What's that? Dinner not to be burned. Yeah, that's something to hope for. Yeah, amen. You know, that's a thing to hope for. Where do you put that hope? Back into God, back into Jesus Christ and, and others. (laughs) <laughs> especially this weather <laughs> yes when you park yourself in a chair you trust that it's going to stay upright and you with it you know. so those are those things those are things that we hope in you know, or hope for but here's our question and you'll find this in your, new si- in your book that first question what is our only hope in life and in death? And what's our answer? That we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, so let's do that again. What is our only hope in life and death? Not our own, but belong body and soul in life and and death to god and to our savior jesus christ awesome and that is our only hope in life and death I mean, we can hope for a lot of stuff but in the end run if our hope is not in god and our life is not in god and in our savior jesus christ then we have no hope at all you know we're just keeping our fingers crossed and there's a lot of people out there we can think of that are that way our memory verse, um, in fact, our text is uh, Romans 14. Um, our memory verse is from Romans 14, 7 and 8. Now, I'm taking this right from the book here because, uh, and it's, it's not King James, but because it's everybody has that s- the same exact wording, I'm going to use it for, th- for this memory verse. So Romans 14, 7 and 8, this is for none of us lives unto himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Okay, and again, that's Romans 14, 7 and 8. So go ahead and let's read that together. Romans 14, verses 7 and 8. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. You know, that's an awesome fact, and it's also an awesome and uh, uplifting thought to know that we really don't have to rely on ourselves anyway. We have hope um, outside of ourselves. The only thing we need to do is be sure that we place our hope and our faith and our trust in God the Father, in the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus Christ, but primarily in the Lord Jesus Christ because he, g- he made the sacrifice. So the uh, book of Romans um, that our chapter 14, our verses came from, you know, it's a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Rome. And in chapter 14, Paul's trying to straighten out some disagreements um, that are taking place among the church members. You know, um, and I do well, I do recommend um, that not necessarily right now, but that you do read all of chapter 14. Because it does give you um, a better perspective on what was going on at that time that Paul was dealing with. And you can also see in it that uh, we have the same thing going on today. But I'm jumping ahead of myself again. Um, but these disagreements that they were having there at that time, it was among saved people. So essentially we could look at it as a family squabble between the Christian, sh- uh, Christian family. And they're arguing about how they should live or how they should act. Um, but most of the time, I uh, reading through it, most of these clashes were caused because of differences um, in backgrounds, in their lifestyles, uh, even in their cultures, even so much as the towns that they were living in at one point. Or e- e- even now, you know. But they're arguing about that. You know they're putting they're trying to put things into their own hands and l- judge people based on what they think. You know we do that same thing today. People in the Christian church family may do things differently than some others. again, we do we do things differently than the church that's across town, you know, or in Reno, or wherever it may be um but what's most important it's not necessarily the things that we do but the things that we do for god and that we seek to do things that bring praise and honor and glory to god and one of the big things we need to do is to lead more people to him you know that's uh that's foundational work that each and every one of us uh are uh, supposed to be doing i lost the word all of a sudden but uh, we need to lead more people to christ you know to lead people to him that's our primary primary purpose or primary job but we have all these other things as you know as people of, of god but again our hope is not on ourselves it's not on our church it's not on the church family it's on god but we need to be able to work together, to live together, to grow together, and to serve together in the way that is right before God. So I'm going to go ahead and read uh, in Romans 14, uh, verses 7 through 12. You know, we'd, we're the first couple of uh, verses in there are for our, our uh, memory verse. But 7 through 12 It says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. So whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Verse 9 says, For to this end Christ both died, and rose, and revived, that he might be the Lord, both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, "As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God." So then, shall every one of us? So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Now, again, read read through all of fourteen. For that matter, read through the whole book. It's great but uh in in this context, read through this um through fourteen, and it gives you a more complete perspective on the issues of that time and this time um, you know, an example of some of this stuff, the same kind of stuff that's happening today or then and now um, you know as an example, it says uh someone is told you shouldn't eat or drink that because someone might get the wrong idea about it what's going to happen most of the not always but a lot of these people are going to say i'm saved by grace so i can do whatever i want whenever i want regardless of what they think and we hear hear that a lot you know but it's without regard to their brother or anybody else that might be offended by it you know and here's here's another big one Um, Says, you really need to speak, dress, and act like we do. Hmm. Their response, hmm. no, you need to speak, act, and dress like we do. You know, so it's kind of a, it goes two different ways. And again, we can bring that right back into cultural differences. You know, um, and we need to be aware of those kind of things. we are not our own we are not our own you know we may have the freedom of grace in christ to be able to do things uh, but it doesn't mean that we should and it may be that we have to go out of our way um to avoid offending someone particularly those who are brother or sister in christ um But there are times that uh, we got to be we got to be firm on things and just being firm in our in God and what the Bible says about certain things. We can be firm even to the point of being offensive sometimes. But we need to watch how we live so that we are not offensive. so get it getting into kind of the meat of this let me ask you this what is verse 148 telling us i'll read it again for you here it's like for whether we live we live unto the lord and whether we die we die unto the lord whether we live therefore or die we are the lords so what's that telling you right yeah yeah. anybody else okay what does it mean to belong to the Lord what does it mean what's that essentially mm-hmm yep yeah we're we're gonna get we're gonna get right into that, so belonging to the Lord is that a good thing or is that a bad thing yeah awesome thing you know there are times when we might think God says, I want you to do this, and I don't want you to do that really uh you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't don't want to, you know, I, exactly, well, yeah, and we're told that right from the beginning, you're going to have it good, but it's not going to be easy, yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, so there's, there are many people who believe that their lives are their own and they could do whatever they want to. Yeah, many, many. What's that? I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like, why? Yeah, but those who just who kind of ignore God, put God on the back burner. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Yep. Yes yes yeah that's a you know that's that's what it is you know Yeah, but well we need to get on here. Um, but yeah, you know, we're not our own. God's going to direct us where he wants us to go, what he wants us to do and where he wants us to be. Um, he's also going to direct us to become what he wants us to be. But we, and we do have the choice to say yes or no. But here's where we come to. The people who are slaves to their sin, on the other hand, those of us who have found forgiveness in Jesus, recognize that we have been bought of, of our slavery our slavery to sin at a very high price and that price was the willing and freeing sacrifice of jesus who gave his life on the cross to pay for our sins now the bible says we've been bought with a great price and indeed we have god gave himself you know gave of himself because he loved us that much now our lives bego- belong to god not as slaves and even not really as property uh even though it can be looked at that way where god can use us any way he sees fit you know i'm hard-headed he can use me for a hammer sometimes and it wouldn't feel a thing you know but um god can use us as he sees fit but we're not as slaves but as adopted and loved sons and daughters and heirs of the kingdom so that's a great thing when you stop and consider it. We are heirs together with Christ. You know, and so what God has, what God is directing us to do, you know, and what our hope is, is in him, because we belong body and soul, both in life and in death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus. (coughs) Excuse me. So Paul in this lesson he's helping the Romans, the Roman church and the Roman uh, Christians and us to understand that our lives are not our own, they're not. Um, Even those that think that their lives do belong to them, they're mistaken because they're being directed and used by somebody. But Paul's helping the Roman church and us to understand that our lives are not our own. Everything that we are and everything that we have belongs to God. What we are and what we have comes from God. And that's pretty amazing. Um, You know, it really takes. If we take it to heart, it can really relieve a lot of stress in our lives. Um, yeah, you know, we still got junk we got to go through we have lives to live stuff happens um, you know but nonetheless we can previous lessons you know it's we can put it all in God's hands and know he's taking care of it so that regardless of what we're going through we still have joy and we still have hope we should live as children of God and provide an example to others of how to do so you know we're heirs of the kingdom of God we should act like it people should see it and see that in us Um, that's what God would love to have from us that's what God kind of expects from us but the other side he knows we're frail he knows we're weak um, he knows we're human but he's still has the grace and the love for us you know so that we should be willing to put our hands uh, put our lives in god's hands so we ask the question is it easy to live for god no not always sometimes it's pretty difficult Uh, the bible says it's going to be rough but it's going to be good you know So thinking about this, what might stop you from living for God? What could possibly stop you from living for God? What stops you in your life now from living fully for God? Sometimes a job. Sometimes anger at somebody. Uh, potentially. Selfishness. Yeah, that's a big one. Self-righteousness. <laughs> sometimes, you know. Uh, it's, all, it's all a big thing. But what is it, here's the other side, what is it that would motivate you to live for God and to serve God? What motivates you? Yeah? I can't hear. Yep. You know, we have a whole lot of motivators. You know, the big one. God put on flesh and dwelt among us. And he went from heaven to earth, from earth to the cross, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. You know, pretty substantial motivator. You know, at times we may have all at one time or another uh, wanted to be Lord of our own lives, even as Christians. God, I want to go do that. God says, no. Well, I want to go do that. No. Well, I'm going to go do it anyway. Who's boss? All of a sudden, you put yourself in there as Lord. But, you know, we may even take that control, that when we do that, we're usurping God's authority. And when we usurp God's authority, there's consequences to be had for that. Sometimes they're brutal. You know, so th- what's the best bet? Give yourself to God fully, completely. Live for God. Put your whole hope in him that we might be less inclined. to Say, no, God, I'm going to do it my way. You know, so in chapter 14, Paul is helping the Christians at Rome to focus on living their own lives for God and not worry about how others are living. You know, oh, you're eating that you shouldn't be. Well, you're dressed that way and you shouldn't be. Well, you didn't wash your hands before you grabbed grabbed that chicken leg. You know that kind of thing. Um, but he's t- he's helping the Christians to focus on their own lives for God. You know, each and every individual will have to will have to stand accountable befo- before God. Each and every one of us. Do we want to have to stand there and hang our heads? No. Chances are that's what each and every one of us are going to do because we never live. You know, we're weak. We're people. But God doesn't see our weakness. He sees us clean through the blood of Christ. He sees us as victorious. Now, we're all accountable for our own lives, but chapter 14 also tells us we must not live or act in any way that may cause others to stumble or fall. Particularly, brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, you got new Christians. Sometimes, let's say some, we'll just say for example, you got somebody comes out of the Jewish faith, is converted to Christianity. They've been living by the under Jewish law for all this time. You know you want to get together and go out for lunch for them are you going to sit and eat a ham sandwich in front of these folks probably not a good idea that would be offensive you know you might ask and they might say well yeah it's okay but the thing is is we have to be careful not to not to offend in the way that we do things because some people are weak in their faith or weaker in their faith some people just don't know because they haven't been taught and that kind of thing and that kind of brings us back to doing this catechism you know so that we can learn that these are things these are the basics this is what god has for us this is what god wants us to do so being the adopted children of the almighty god means that we receive all of the great things that come with it again we're heirs god says i have all of this stuff for you and we can claim it that's That's part of our inheritance, Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get it all right now. You know, but we still, uh, we still have ourselves and put ourselves in the hands of God. There's also a great responsibility to live in a manner that brings honor and glory to our Father, that we can trust God in life and death, knowing that He is with us, and that in Him alone can our hope be found so we're going to go ahead and uh, recap it says what is our only hope in life and death that's our question that we are not our own but belong body and soul both in life and death to god and to our savior jesus christ so what is uh, what is our only hope in life and death but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And our uh, memory verse, Romans fourteen seven and 8, says, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's amen to that that's that's where we're at with this now um we have any uh any questions regarding some of this any comments discussions let me get back in here real quick into this So, um went through this uh let me ask you this how you respond to the messages the world communicates about the meaning of life that's one thing i kind of skipped over talking about uh taking a world view you know what we know how we act how we respond is a lot it has a lot to do with our world view do we have a secular worldly world view or do we have a godly worldview, a biblical worldview? And that's uh, that's what we're pr- we're getting to with the catechism and these things. So maybe our worldview is a little bit warped. You know, it's kind of salted with a little bit of Christianity and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I know people that way. You know, it says, oh, I believe in all these different things. Well, then you're no good with any of them. But um We need to take a a biblical world view. What's that? Okay. um, Somebody wants to uh, mingle Buddhism and Christianity. Somebody wants to uh, mingle paganism and Christianity. You know, they're looking at... um, I don't know if it's even still active anymore, but there was a, what they referred to themselves as a, uh, some of them like to refer to themselves as Christian, but Echenkar was the name of it. You know, God is in everything so we can worship everything and still be godly and still get to heaven. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, see, so that's where we, there's kind of a mixed or a warped worldview in there. And this is where we want to help people kind of understand that, hey, this is, this is what God has to say, the creator of the universe, not just a God, but the God. Um, this is what he has for us. In his word, he lets us know what he wants us to do. He lets us know how he wants us to live. He wants us to know these promises that he has for us. Um, and so what's he do? He gives us all these examples of how we should live. He gives us examples of how he cares for his people. Um, you know, and so we're, we're looking more toward changing our, our worldview to a biblical worldview so we understand things. We can see things better through the eyes that God wants us to have rather than those that necessarily feed into ourselves Mm mm-hmm yeah yep okay well um, I'm out of time with that but I appreciate you uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, engaging you know with this because tell you the truth I'm nervous as I can be about teaching it this way you know Um, but uh, you know it's it's a good thing and it's an exciting thing is because it gives us a chance to interact Um, it gives us a chance to actually grow even a little closer as family Um, but I'll I'll go ahead and close us with prayer say God we thank you for uh, these lessons and for this study lord thank you for all those that are here Um, let us you know open our eyes and help us to open our lives and our and our hearts to you also more fully Both those that are here in the building and those who are listening on the uh, uh, live stream we thank you for this day we ask you to bless the rest of our day and this teachings that, that are yet to come in jesus holy name amen